Oh my gosh, we followed somebody. Wait, you don't you why does it sound so like forced? Let's start over. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna bring it up again. And we're gonna sound like we're not robots. We uh, we fit I think I've a little wow. We are out of it. Welcome to the Black Soul fucking amateurs. <laughs> Your amateur podcast, Black Soul. But uh yeah. So I gotta come up with the idea. Maybe we should talk about like what how you know what's too far as a fan like when is it going too far like when are you at the point of it's not just a like for the music a like for the artist but it's an obsession maybe an addiction but i want to give a shout out to tableau first because oh for uh caveman like i know that we really haven't we haven't we haven't gone for a couple weeks we missed a couple songs but caveman has really been sticking with me i think that that song is like tableau starting off the year right for us like I haven't, I think K-pop really starts out slow at the beginning of the year, and K-hip-hop starts out slow in, in at the beginning of the year, and then like builds up towards the end, like as most things do, because that's when all the awards and stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. But I like that Tableau hit. He brought the new year in with a nice. nice I also song. like um, Micro Dot did a song with Jesse and Dumbfounded. I forget the other person, KBB. It was really good, and they did it in English. I think Jesse. The thing is, Jesse didn't really. She didn't have a rap verse. She was kind of the chorus girl, girl, but it was really good. And I shout out to that. So I went on repeat. But yeah. So when is when is fan like fandom become obsession for you? It comes obsession when you want to control the everyday lives of the person that you, the the musician that you like or the artist you like. It's when they can't live their life normally. Obsession is like trying to figure out where they live, going to their house, being upset when they start dating somebody, when they get married, if they dye their hair, it's all you didn't like. And then and now it just affects everything you see in them. Every little aspect of their personal life affects their professional life. Because they get a girlfriend, now you don't like their songs. Like, that's crazy. Just because somebody gets a girlfriend doesn't mean their music is any less good. Like, some people argue, well, that's their job. They're, they're part of the job as a K-pop star, as an idol, is not just the singing aspect. It's also the, the idea that you are theirs. You are their boyfriend or you're their girlfriend. Well, that's a sad message to send out to people. And it's also crazy because you should know you can't own a person. You should have to also know that you're not the only person who's idolizing. And I think that's the fault of the industry itself, making them idols instead of artists. Because not a lot of them describe them as artists. They're idols, which means you have to attach the personal with professionals. But I feel like as an individual, as a fan, just because that's what somebody's putting out there doesn't mean that's how you should react to it. Just because they label themselves as idols and that they're kind of given this view and this vision of the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend doesn't mean that's like you should live in a fantasy world and think, oh, this is my boyfriend. Because if that's your boyfriend, it's a million other girls' boyfriends too. <laughs> and also this idea that you have to be, you have to be attractive to be an idol in Korea. Like you see, like so how Korean, you know, K K Netizens, however you however you want to say it. It's just strange how they they really will dismiss a person because of their lack of attraction to them and i think that that's insane too because i look at like the japanese industry and i'm not saying that they don't have idols and like people but their system really isn't fixed on attractiveness unless you're a model or something there's a ton of artists out there that are japanese or famous and they're not that attractive so i think that korea is really like that idea of beauty is, is also like an obsession 
But you, they also have, you know, from what I've heard and what I've seen online, Korea, Korea does have a beauty standard of what makes people beautiful. Like, I can speak from an American perspective, like, we don't have that one thing that can make you beautiful. It can be a bunch of things on your face or how you, that come together and make you beautiful. But they have that standard of this is the one beautiful look. And if you don't match up with that, you're not beautiful. Like, Beyonce is beautiful. Holly Berry is beautiful. They don't look alike. But I think it's, I think to a point where it um, conflicts with the artist's, you know, content, I think it's an obsession as well. I think it contributes to an obsession. Because I can, you know, like you're saying, they're too different, but I, I think that you can like someone's music, not be attracted to their face. I don't think those two should have to co- like coincide with each other. Does it really necessarily mean anything? Because when you're listening to their music, you're not looking at their face. But at that point, it's almost like you're trying, they would have to kind of start changing things in their culture. Because you really, that beauty standard is ingrained in their culture. That's why a lot of them do get plastic surgery. They want to have that perfect kind of oval egg-shaped face. So in a way, to us, it seems very strange but it's, it's so ingrained and it's natural. It doesn't mean it's right, but to them, it's like, well, this is what we think beautiful is, and this is what you should look like. Which like, is, which is too another sort of form of like the effects of being obsessed with mm-hmm. the, with with people you don't even know, you've never even met. Like you know, the guy who got all the surgery to look like Justin Bieber, and didn't he like die or something? He didn't look like Justin Bieber. I don't know why <laughs> that is what you want to look like. I don't understand why everybody in music is like I can be a Justin Bieber. I don't know how that is a good quality. I mean, I mean, what has he done for the music industry? What what has Justin Bieber done besides do for himself? What has he done for the industry? I mean, other than appropriate, I mean, because <laughs> we don't gonna act like he doesn't make a dollar off of using the sounds that black artists use. I mean, music is universal and everybody can take, but once you start taking and act like you are the creator of a certain sound, that's when appropriation comes in. And I don't think that he ever really. Out, maybe he gets to the people personally, but he never outwardly like Justin Timberlake would say, "This is who influenced my music." Justin Bieber doesn't do that. We gotta remember, Usher Raymond was the one, you know, pretty much brought him up and said, "Hey, look what I found." Mm-hmm. But hey, I don't want to put him down. Yeah, like not saying he's not good or anything. Right, but in a sense, we we like like we were saying, like some people they they'll write articles and be like, "Listen to Young, the Justin Bieber of Korean music," and it's like. What? Like, what kind of group? Like, when they try to say that, you know, Taemin was the Justin Bieber equivalent, you know, the, the Korean Justin Bieber equivalent. But my thing is, Taemin, I think, would be more renowned for his dancing. I mean, he's like, he's a, I think he's a great singer, but I think Taemin would be more renowned for his dancing, something Justin Bieber is not. Yeah, I don't, I don't, does Justin Bieber really even dance? I don't think he dances. I think he just sings. So, I don't understand how you, like, these comparisons. And who's, and it's really... I feel like rude to want to to start comparing people to other people. It's like, oh, then like when people say the next Michael Jackson, okay, why he gotta be the next Michael Jackson? Maybe he just the next The Weekend or the next Chris Brown, like <laughs> the next Weekend. The next Weekend. Thanks for that semi compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't understand this article, and I think I feel like everybody starts to. It's almost. It's kind of like propaganda. Like, it starts feeding itself. Once you put out propaganda and then it starts making a whole monster, it's an entire circle. You start being obsessed. Because idols are supposed to be those perfect beings. That's what an idol is. The idol is somebody perfect, your fantasy. But then they don't take account that 
what you find perfect is not what I find perfect. And then that's when I will start having this conflict of who they should be and what should they show. Because if they don't appeal to this half, then they're not going to buy the music. If they don't appeal to that half, they're not going to buy the music. I think because it's music, it should simply be based on the sound. Unless they do something that's totally against your personal belief, don't support them. But other than that, just putting in looks with music, I don't understand what the correlation is. I think being beautiful or good looking is helpful when you want to sell albums and do videos. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to you just putting in your headphones, in your cars, in the music, what does looks have to do with it? And I did say I, I wanted to do a, a Goblin review, like so, like a solo thing on the side. Because I was like, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, I could just do the work. But you haven't seen it yet. But we have seen the New Edition movie. Hey, I've seen like 12 times <laughs> a New Edition. It's so good. I mean, to any of our foreign listeners or anybody who's never really heard of New Edition, if you want to know about like the, one of the original boy bands, boy groups, right there. Like you have to like, you honestly, if you don't know about New Edition, you need to. New Edition really just started a wave. You have to think about it in terms of like, the only, they were one of the only young boy groups that made big, other than the Jackson 5. After the Jackson 5, who was it that was that young doing music? Mm-hmm. It was them. And then they started bringing up a whole new wave of groups and people who started to mo- model their music after them. Putting aside all the, the personal stuff that they went through, if you look at a lot of Korean groups now, it, you, you just kind of put a... See, pic- yeah. Exactly, you just transparency. It's just so... One and the same, you can see the influence of Kore- of the Korean boy band in New like well from New Edition from New Edition, not in New Edition. I, I mean, even other groups too. I mean, and the influences of Michael Jackson, but more importantly, the boy band, the mold, the model. I exactly. think it was, it's definitely highly influenced from New Edition. I mean, because when I even when I was watching the movie, I was thinking of other groups of like Korean, like the first wave of Korean groups. If you think of like HOTs and the Shinwas, and you look and you try to put them side by side, like man. Either they knew about New Edition or somebody who was creating this group looked at them as a mold and were like, man, this is what we need as boy. Because if you think about it, technically, where are they on right now? Their third generation of K-pop? Fourth? I think this is the fourth. Something like that. So they haven't been here. I think EXO was the, the head, head of the fourth, fourth generation. generation. Something like that. Someone could correct us on that. Of the first generation. So obviously this their idea for boy bands and girl groups didn't just come out of the blue it had to come from somewhere somewhere before that and if we really look at the timeline of when their first groups came out and when new edition was out new edition was like the precursor to the k-pop boy group in that time frame but that's just what i think i mean i think that we could correlate so many things to like you know the early you know era of of this nation's you know development of what pop music is to you know korean music like i mean if we look at hip-hop we can see like you know korea has a very young hip-hop, hip-hop. scene mm-hmm. so we can see the origins of their hip-hop and, and what influenced them but i mean if you look at early like early hip-hop here a lot of people are just like it's, it's just some people would just call it like you know like silly rap or something you know like that stuff that was just like i went to the store and then i went there and you know like stuff like that like korea doesn't have that korea yeah. doesn't have that memo because they started right when we were on I think the brink of really breaking out and, and changing that rap, that changing that rap style, that to you know the tone. Yeah, they definitely missed that part of hip hop where hip hop was all about storytelling, and they came in when we lost. I feel like storytelling 
was an MC type of thing. You know, you do have some rappers of now who can tell a story and sell it, but they came in, Korean hip hop came in at that point when storytelling wasn't that important in music. Mm-hmm. In a way, not that it wasn't important, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessary to sell records. Mm-hmm. And they came in and they either wrote their own or had somebody else writing. And I think that's where those two start to break off. They didn't really have that early stage of development. They kind of just were in the middle. But yeah, the the new edition movie. Oh my goodness, I don't re- I don't know all the actors' names. Luke I James, I Elijah them. Kelly, um, Algie Smith, um, Woody McClain, <laughs> and and wait, don't tell me this. Oh my gosh, I know his name. So tip of my Brashear Gray from Empire. There we go. I don't. He's my. I don't think he's cute. I'm sorry. That's just my personal preference. I don't think he's like ugly. I don't want to diss him and if anyone just would, he my style as a Korean style. Style. and also because I've watched a couple episodes of Empire and like I think that heavily influenced my opinions of him like because he just fits that role too well I, d- I don't know but also his appearance like I think he's got a big head <laughs> he got hey, a big head. head hey big head hey big head you want <laughs> but my mom was sure that he has a nice he has nice teeth oh yeah all of them have nice teeth yeah who's your favorite well look wise Look, wait. I think the favorite look wise and favorite as in the movie as an acting. So I think the both the original and the the biopic version of Ralph. Mm-hmm. He's I think he's the most attractive. Algie Smith. But I think I think um, what's his name? Which one? Know. Which one? The one where he do he was seeing Belle Bib Devoe. Yeah. The tall one, mm-hmm. the one I played in Australia Compton. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot him too. Keith Powers. I almost okay. forgot him. Keith Powers. Yeah, I think he's cute. But like the original, like you know, the original. I don't know. Like I think the really the only real cute one of the actual new edition was Ralph. But that's just my preference. My mom thinks so too. But yeah, yeah. Of all, all the actors, all of them are cute. I'm telling you, when I heard the reason that I knew about new, the new edition project was because of Elijah Kelly. I love him so much. He's like one of my favorite actors. I like to watch everything he's in. But Luke James, the <laughs> one that played Johnny Gill. See. I think he's cute, but he's definitely not my type. He, because I like chocolate, like dark chocolate, <laughs> and I was like, mm-mm. But Algie Smith, the one that played Ralph, he, I saw, I was like, they got a cute cast. He's Look at very, them. very cute. But he's short. He is short, but he's definitely adorable. Honestly, so my two favorite, honestly, are, of course, Elijah Kelly. I think he's attractive, but for real, for real, Lou James is everything. Did you watch the, wait, <laughs> I found it so funny. If you go on YouTube on BT. They had, um, before the movie came out, they had, like, little interviews of each of them. Mm-hmm. And all of them were talking about their types and stuff. But I saw on the comment section, and everybody's like, why does this look like Black Singles meat profile? <laughs> and they did. I was like, oh, my gosh. They trying to, they put them out there like that. Like, here's your girl. Get your girl. That's funny. But I think that that, that movie was really well done. I think that BT spent a lot of money on it because it was a lot of commercials. Everyone was saying that on Twitter, and I agree. It was, like, commercial, like, every three seconds. Because they like, listen, we ain't got no money for this, so y'all need to give us some money. But I think it taught me more about the personal lives of New Edition. Because I, I, I knew about New Edition. I've, list, I've listened to New Edition since I was, you know, little. I knew about Belvid DeVoe, and I yeah. knew about Bobby. But I didn't really know all the members by name. And I didn't know their individual stories. And I really, like, I think that it really told, it told the story well. Didn't leave anything. Well, they did say in an interview, I heard this morning that there was some financial stuff that was left out like some more stuff that could have been elaborated on that they just didn't have time for the story to tell but i think even though it was still really well done it, it elaborated very yeah well. i watched a few of their interviews and they were saying that 
it was um what was the movie from like 1978 or something like that something like 1970 something to like 2005 and actually they can do more of a story from where they stopped to where they started so um, where they stopped to like now and mm-hmm. said it would be another like wow. another six hour story and I think they also because they I think they stopped before they talked about when they did the album with um Diddy I think Diddy like messed over their money too at that what? point too I don't trust Diddy don't trust now but my dad was saying that it's it's crazy because my dad also kind of was in the the music industry um and I won't disclose that because it'll disclose who I am but whatever so he all he always said that there was like you know they would you know produce these boy bands and then they they would always tell them you know you need to be careful with your money because I think that especially even now people have this mentality that oh, I'm gonna just become a singer and I'm gonna sing I'm not gonna do anything else but you forget that like people who the reason why you know some of these artists are as rich as they are I mean Beyonce might be an exception you know Rihanna might be an exception but a lot of these artists they don't just sing they write their lyrics they produce they are heavily involved in the production. So therefore, our high they get a higher percentage of the cut when it comes out. But most singers will not make a lot of money just singing. And my and my dad was saying that you know a lot of times these these boy bands wouldn't manage their money and they would end up going back to the projects or they would end up back in the slums because they wouldn't have anything. They would have to give it all to the record company. A lot of groups or even solo artists are just so happy that somebody is giving them a deal. They don't care what kind of contract is they sign and they're pretty much selling over. All their rights are pretty much signed light, and they come back and just like in the movie, they get a dollar eighty-seven cents to split five, six ways because even the manager had to get paid. That's why when people are like, you know, they look at these, you look at these K-pop artists, and they, you know, they mention. I always look at look at like, you know, who's making what, and they always say like, oh, this person still lives. They all still live together in like a cramped-in room. It's because the average percentage that an artist of that of the caliber, not someone who's like Beyonce or GD, who will make a higher percentage. I think the average is fifteen percent. And I think we've done this on the podcast where I, I said that I've done the math. So if, say, for instance, like EXO, who at time had at their peak, they were making like um, some, they they made like a billion dollars over their time of their career. But you wonder why EXO isn't as rich as you think they should be. It's because each of them probably only gets 15, well, let's just say 15% split. goes to the group, which is split mm-hmm. between them. And they might make the average income of like thirty thousand dollars a year, which is better. I just better than what some people will get. But they're just living. They have a they wage of like someone that like I make a year. Yeah, and it's also because one thing about the K-pop industry, I think, which I think a lot of artists why there's more independent artists now and why they're trying to go with small companies. They they get these ridiculous contracts for like ten years at a time. And you understand like the money that is spent just housing them feeding them, training them for like, what, like nine years until they're on their 10th year and they get debut and now they have to pay all of that back and things mm-hmm. are starting to, like, incru- like, costs are starting to accrue. I don't know if they can do any kind of interest, but any if they have interest, that starts and have to pay it back. So they only start making money after they pay it back. It's like book deals. Like, I remember I took a class, she was explaining to us, like, you get a certain amount and then once the book breaks that, breaks even, then you start making more money off right. of it. Yeah. And so think about that as a, a group who pretty much is under a company for like 10 years and they haven't been able to make any money and now they have to break even over 10 years of accrued money. Like, and nobody's going to be able to like really do that like a year. Nobody's going to be able to make tens of billions of dollars to pay that all back. And I think it was all, I always thought it was selfish that SM. Now, this is just my personal bias, my personal opinion from perspectives of what I've seen. Not saying this is the truth. 
Do not take it as fact. This is just my opinion, and you can take it as you like. You can research, whatever. But I think it was really unfair that SM for years would, it seemed purposely, they wouldn't let the group members be involved in the production process. It seemed like they didn't want them to make money. Because, I mean, once you get out, you start thinking about other things you can do. Look at all these artists now. They're making their own record labels so that they can manage their, have more intimacy and management, you know? And I guess maybe that's what SM's mindset. Like, let's just keep them wanting to sing, wanting to do stuff. But I think eventually it just they just couldn't hold it down anymore because i mean like Kenyol was starting to post stuff like you know oh, i want to produce i want to just so now they let him do some producing but i think for a long time it was it was like oh we you know no you're just gonna sing you're just gonna rap didn't seem like they wanted any of the exo members to branch out yeah i think with the, even with echo the breaking point was when those members left the, the chinese members left and they're pretty much like man now it's a public because now you're having this public worldwide battle from China to Korea about right. what what they should be making, they should be using the names and now you're like, man, if they left and they actually did leave and now they're successful, that's a model to anybody else in our company, man, we can leave too. So maybe they're starting to feel like, oh, we have to give them some slack or we're gonna lose them. It always takes one or two to break out and show you, hey, you can do it. Right. And then everybody's like, oh, okay. Everybody starts looking around like, so we so we out so, <laughs> so, so this, this is it <laughs> but back on to the new edition if you haven't seen it go watch it mm-hmm. honestly Pullocker.ch. i would even have it if you, just, <laughs> honestly, if you just type it in to google you'll be able to find it um oh that was a joke i think first and foremost when you when i think it's like we said this before when you really really enjoy something you want some you want someone to support it in yeah. the most legitimate way as possible because you want to make you want it to be successful so it'll probably come on at uh, BT reruns, buy it maybe yeah. you know support them. It was great. I think yeah, I think I believe you can even watch it on you can watch on BT on the BT website, website uh-huh. but you have to sign up. But I mean, five seconds sign up, sign watch up. the movie, show them that you support them because once again, if you don't do it that way, then you're technically stealing their money again, and they had enough of that. And not you're not even just giving money to the 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 channel or anything, just. These actors, I mean, it must be so hard uh, to have this many black actors in a movie. Amen. Exactly. I mean, these this must have been like felt so good to some of them because some of them have probably been been difficult to find a main lead role because they they don't provide those here in America and for I black even, artists. Yeah. And not even that, even if it's a main role, it's not going to be a global a glo- a global national big movie it's probably gonna be something that's kind of obscure and even if it does become something you know, about slavery something about something about slavery <laughs> something about black history like those are the ones like anything about slavery or anything about black history those are the big movies that get made you don't see a lot of black romance movies making well back in the 90s early 2000s it was big but now it's like you don't see any of the big romance comedy black movies mm-hmm. that unless they're already by big name black artists and actors and actors Actresses, are we still calling? It? I remember there was a big topic of where we call them actresses. I just call them. I'm still saying actors. I don't want to offend nobody. I'd say both. I don't know. This whole I think the gender thing is. I'm not. This is not to be offensive. It's just I think it's getting really complicated. So I, I would just cover all bases. Actor, actress. This is okay, but watch it. Support them. Also, I feel like I know what they probably felt when they walked into that room. They saw all black people. It's like my African world studies class. I've never been in a class when it's been all people who look like me. I've never been in that kind of class. And I sat there and I looked around. I was like, man, like, I'm just so happy. And I love the fact 
the simple fact that we were all black and we had similar experiences that when the teacher made like a reference to something, we all got it. <laughs> and that was how it felt on set, just being around people who instinctually or because they've been through certain things very similar, they understand. Also, shout out to them for all the hard work. I think they said they went to like three weeks of boot camp learning about 30 years of choreography and having to dance together. You were there for eight hours. Not only them, but like the um the one that played the younger versions, them mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's insane that they had, you know, they they had someone who could play the younger and the older versions of them. So ex- so well, like child actors, I think I think child actors nowadays are getting better. But I mean, if there was some point, it was really difficult to find or have to- tell a childhood story accurately because child actors were terrible. Also, I think the one that played. Um, Ricky Bell is a child, the one that was Elijah Kelly who played the adult version. He is the longest running Simba on Broadway, and he also played in Stranger. Yeah, he also played Stranger Things, really? and they had a SAG award for that. Really, I didn't know that that was him. That's him. I'm like black excellence I, all day, every day. I don't know. I I, I read this somewhere. Might have had a con- we might have had a conversation about it, but. They, I remember reading about, like, they would, you know, when they go through, like, movies will go through, like, test screens or something, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, well, what about this movie? Did you like? What was it that was... Or they'll show you a scene or something, and, like, people comment on it for the, like, pre-screen. And I know that they said that, like, people would say, and I'm not trying to isolate any, any one race, but they would say they wouldn't want... They would have a... They wouldn't outwardly say it, but they would have a black person there as the main role, and they would say, like, well, I don't relate to this character. And they didn't empathize with that person because they were a different race than them. So they would replace those roles with, like, white people or something. Because people as a whole, I think even other, like, other races that aren't white can't relate with a main character that isn't white or empathize with a character that, a main character that isn't white. Isn't that so weird? Well, not weird, but isn't it, like, it's crazy? It's it's sad to think. And also, if you think about this, let's think about it in something that most people probably see. See, Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling, first of all, she didn't put her actual name because they, the, it's her public, I was taking class, the publishing company, they're like, well, if we put your name, they're gonna know you're a woman, and, and then people are not gonna want their boys to read a girl book, that's why the main character in Harry Potter couldn't be Hermione, right, even though she was, you know, she made more sense, like, she was smarter than Harry, it had to be a male, not only a male, it had to be a white male, because the white man it's almost a universal figure. That way, everybody can relate to him. Mm-hmm. And it's sad is because it's instilled in us. From young, even if we even if we feel like, oh, no, I don't believe that. Somewhere inside, you're like, man, because I've seen it so many times, it makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't think I had that feeling. I feel like when I watch something, it doesn't matter who it is. When I want, like, when this movie was made, when this was made, who's in it, what you know, what's happening. I think we all have should have a common ability to empathize with anybody i was like we were watching i was watching goblin the last i'm telling you last episode got sad as hell for no reason i was crying like it was so pathetic i maybe maybe i messed up but i can feel it if i watch a movie that has black people hispanics white middle eastern indian i can like empathize or feel it or like i can see myself but if i watch a movie with an all-white cast, and something happens, I automatically go, hey, he got it. Not even that. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, of course, because this is what white people do. Like, it's so <laughs> messed up to think, but, like, when, do you remember that movie we watched? I forget what it was, when they had, like, went to, was it Vietnam or something, and... Oh, I remember that movie, yeah, and the good little girl peed on herself. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> what happened. I think the father started working for 
a company over in Vietnam who were supposed to be cleaning the water or something. And they were, like, corrupt. And they were corrupt companies, so, like, they went on the... So, the actual natives were crazy, and they were killing all, like, Mm -hmm. of the non, like, Asian people there, and he had to, like, get over the border to somewhere else. Or was he... Malaysia. I, think oh, I don't want to get that wrong because I don't actually know where Malaysia is located. First of all, so either they were either that they were in, I think they were in Vietnam though, and they had to get over the border to a different country that way they would be protected. And the whole time they were trying to get through this, and in the movie theater, let's be honest, the majority of the people who were there were white, and the ones that and then there were us and some other minorities. And at the end, they were clapping because they made their cross. But we're saying, I'm like, why am I clapping? I'm like, I'm you went. Laughing. I'm sorry. I don't know. It wasn't even because they were white. It was the movie was so dumb. And the movie was really dumb, but I honestly didn't feel bad for them because I'm like, you're going to a place with a corrupt business and you're getting mad when these people want to be treated fairly and they act out. And I'm just going to say, I haven't seen a lot of black movies like that when black people go somewhere and corrupt them. Usually if black people are corrupting a system in a movie, they're corrupting their own system. They keep it inside, which is equally messed up. Mm-hmm. So when I see movies like that and the lead role is white, I'm like, I don't feel bad for you. I believe that trope is called like the white savior when like it'll be surrounded. It'll be a movie geared towards minorities or something. And the main character is always white. Like, and he's the savior of, and I'm going to say he because there are very, I think there's an women. E with women that are just like Tomb that. Raider. Well, Tomb Raider was not so it wasn't white savior but still she was on she was, she a, was awesome she was a woman cat, main guy in basketball also women have to be sexualized to be the hero so right they have to have big boobies they gotta because... be cute they gotta be able to wear skin tight outfits right and still like you know be able to fight without like getting their clothes dirty or get their hair or get a car on their face right. they have to do it in heels it's in heels that's the important part because you have to look sexy and get bunions and you know severe foot problems and you better not fall because that's not what a woman superhero does you're a bitch if you fall you know that you but, but yeah no the like so it's like saying with like that's why i hate watching those keanu reeves movies i know i know someone's gonna say this. i know keanu reeves is like one tenth indian and asian I mean, and something or whatever what does that mean he looked white to me but and i'm not trying to like rag on keanu reeves once again don't take this as a negative thing towards keanu reeves but every movie that we see that are really, is really popular i think when in terms of like Asian movies about like or Japanese movies about like the warriors or like ninjas he's always the main character and I never understood that why couldn't you get an Asian person who can speak English or whatever and just have them be the main lead like I don't it's not that difficult I don't think it's that hard it seems like Asia Asians make up our one third of our population do they not of, of America I think they're 25% actually Dumb Valley said in the song I forget what song is but I think they're 25% he's factual Dumb Valley is very factual I think he said no I think he said one third of the population but I I thought that that was I was I wasn't thinking about him but yeah that, that line is one, is one third but but that's just the problem with the American industry music, um, music movie industry it's like they whitewash everything it's like and it's not just the whitewash meaning that they always put white characters in it, but they make it seem like we won't understand anybody else who isn't white. Like if you have an Indian character, they automatically have a have to have an Indian accent, or you won't understand that they're Indian. If they're Hispanic, they have to have a Hispanic accent. They have to tattoos. They have to be a gang member. We won't know they're Hispanic. If the they black, black guy has to call you shorty and dog and dog and homie. You gotta have a hoodie on, okay? Or we won't know he black. 
Like, what, what, we're going to know this. And that's another thing about America. They like to act like the American people are stupid. I mean, they have done some stupid things, like vote some certain people into office. But, right. <laughs> but we're not that dumb that we can't tell a black person from an Indian person, a white person from an Asian person, a Hispanic person, from anybody else. Like, we're not that. We, it's, it's like saying, oh, I couldn't tell that was a boy or a girl. Sometimes you can, but for the most part, I can tell if it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. I can tell if you're black or if you're white. Just getting back a little bit to New Edition. And it's it's crazy to see the amount of attention it got like, to the point where they were like, they're going back on tour. Like, they're releasing release new music and stuff because this is really like Big. blowing them back into the spotlight. And I think that that's great because it, I think like we've forgotten that black music is powerful like i mean people who were like you know that whole thing with michael jackson where they were you know trying to some satire thing where they had a white guy playing michael jackson i mean if we if someone had done that to i don't know like if we had elvis and we gave him a black guy they'd be mad they'd be like elvis is what he stole he had the complexion to steal (laughs) (sighs) but exactly you're right If, if if this had been in this case elvis and we had changed his race to i don't know Ecuadorian, I don't, people would have been like, no, he's white, why are we changing the king? Like, okay, so then why are we making Michael Jackson white? I mean, I would, I'm a, I should make the movie with Elvis and I'm gonna make him, <laughs> I'm gonna make him Native American because they are the beginning and that's, he's, that's where the stealing began, so I'm gonna make him. But with that said, I haven't seen any negative comments about this movie at all and that makes me extremely happy. And I also think that it's great because for BET, for a while, I couldn't watch anything on BET because I honestly right. felt like we were getting chicken chat chat <laughs> kind of stuff from them. Like, they were just kind of give us, like, old things. Nobody really knew the direction. I think this really, like, is bringing them back up. This is the highest viewed, like, show on BET. I think the last time I checked, like, online, it was, like, 19 million views. And that was, like, in a week. So I think this also helped BET. This also was a smart plan by the people of New Edition. Because I I don't believe that they have come all this way and just think we're just going to make a movie and that's going to be it. I think they had this plan out very nice. They probably have music. Because you can't just like have a, a show and then three minutes later have an album. I think they all had this planned out. They had their ducks in a row mm-hmm. and they knew it. And they felt it. Because this is definitely what the black community need needed. Because we sometimes we also forget our own greatness because other people want to tear us down, and sometimes we think, man, what like what are we? And then we have to be reminded of all the influence that we have and people who look like us have. And I think it was great that they used New Edition because New Edition is right in there with our parents' generation and our generation. So then they have like, okay, we're gonna merge the two together and let you have a cross kind of effect of generations. And it was great that I also picked actors who could actually portray them. Like, I've been trying to watch side-by-sides of the music and the, the music video's original and the one in the movie, and they are so on point. I'm like, is this real? <laughs> and that's another thing about biopics. When you do a, mu- a music biopic about musicians, you need to have music. There's been so many biopics where they did, like the Whitney Houston one, or the Aaliyah one when they didn't have the music for mm-hmm. it and just like fell flat. This was the perfect example. If you're going to do a movie about musicians, about artists, you need to have the music and it needs to be on point because 
when it does, it all lays out right. When they recreate the stage performances, when they did the music videos, and even their body language they did of each person. I was like, man, am I watching them right now? And the fact that they sang all the songs. They, they did sing Can You Stand the Rain because I was listening to it again after you said, I don't think that they, um, your mom said that they used the original for that. Mm-hmm. But I had listened, I was like, no, I think that's them singing. And I listened to it again, I was like, yeah, that's them singing. So, and that's also very important when you're trying to find people for movies, find people who can do it all. If you need a dancer, you need an actor, and you need a singer, don't find somebody who can just act because that's not going to help. You need somebody who can do everything. And that's what they did with these, with this cast. I'm going to derail because we're running a long time. Mm-hmm. But if anybody who listens to this podcast, you know, whatever, <laughs> no big deal. If you guys watch this Japanese reality show, if you don't, you should. It's on Netflix if you have that. Or you could watch it on Kiss Anime, probably. Asia, not anime, Kiss Asian or something. It's a, what You know what I'm talking about if you're avid. Reality show, you know, Korean or Japanese watcher. Um, it's called terrace house i believe and it's like a reality show that got revived by netflix because it got canceled or whatever and i just want someone to talk about it like not just just you know lee but like a general thing because i want fangirl i want to i want to also want to see like what people's perspective on these these six people are it's very interesting it's unscripted and i i think it's a little it's it's very i think it's very genuine so it's kind of like roommate so if any of you guys like roommate you might like this. It's just in, the only difference is it's in Japanese and there are subtitles probably. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to our new edition obsessive fan Japanese reality show <laughs> podcast. It's Black History Month. Black History Month. Not African American History Month. It's Black History because if Stupid. you black, you black. What? African American. First of all, it doesn't encompass all black, black people. people. That's those who are of African descent who just came to America. Because for real, like, how do I know I'm from Africa? How do I know that? I don't have Ancestry.com. <laughs> so black American, that's inclusive of any person of color that is black. Come on. Because there are black people who are Hispanic. Mm-hmm. They're even dark skinned Asians. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you don't say yourself black, but you dark like us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So black history month this is for black excellence and we gave our black excellence and if my professor is listening to this while he's jogging yeah i'm counting the grays thanks for listening amen (laughs) and we out